Welcome to the MBG Podcast. Let's fire everybody. everybody episode number 59 the message board geniuses podcast this is who's i got casey joy mbg all right y'all the college football season is over i think we're all feeling a little down got two pieces of good news one is that the message boards are in silly season things go off the rails even more seemingly which is obviously good for business the second thing is that all of us are going to have a little bit more free time now that we're not spending hours and hours watching college football every weekend so we thought we'd kick things off. Just what are you guys going to be doing with all your extra free time now that college football is over? Well, um, I'll tell you what What I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be watching the 16th ranked Utah State Aggies um, make, a, where this was make a run play. to the final four. Joy, they're 16 and one. They won 15 games in a row. I'm so happy for you, MBG. I mean, I am genuinely, you can't see it, but I am jumping with joy. I am overwhelmingly thrilled for you. For like, those folks that aren't watching, it's true. Joy is literally jumping. <laughs> but where's the, final, where's the final four at? Because I need to book some tickets there. Uh, I don't even know. I'm not tickets sure. in I don't know. Laramie, um, Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've been there too many times. I'm I heard sure. BYU was hosting it. Hey, well, that's fine. Well, <laughs> I'm ha- I am happy for you, MBG. I think you need a little joy in your life and uh, – and not our joy, a little joy in your life. And you know, if the if the Utah State Aggies are giving it to you on the hardwood, it's great. Yeah, and that's after you guys have a new coach, right? Didn't you lose your coach after last season? Not only our, our coach, we lost all our players. We had no returning minutes and no returning points. Well, the oh, final four is in Glendale, Arizona, so you can Boom. go to oh. Glendale. There you go. Yeah. It's going to be perfect in March, too. I'm looking up flights to Phoenix as we speak. You guys go ahead. <laughs> go ahead while I book some tickets. <laughs> All right. What do you What do you guys have lined up? I'm going to be right. reading. And I know that that's like going to throw you off. No, but genuinely, I'm such a book nerd. And I'm trying to read. Last year, I like really fell off. But the year before that, I read 50 books in like three months. So wow. I'm five to zero. Through. Yes. I thought we had a no nerds allowed. Yeah, I'm not sure. I've, <laughs> I'm not sure I've read 50 books in my lifetime. So I'm and trying I was an to read English major. I'm trying to read 100 by the end of the year, and I just finished book five today. All right. So I, I will guarantee I have not read 100 books in my entire life. I will yeah. Like I read this one. At the, I got. I went and got a library card, so that is very nerdy. But look at all the books on my counter right now. Holy! Do you read look- fast too? Yeah, I'm like a. I can read super fast. I love that MBG literally gave you a thumbs down as you were talking about reading. That was awesome. Well, look, he has a basketball team that's good, but his football team was atrocious. So I've been exhausted during the fall while he was resting his eyes on Saturday. So I don't really want to hear it. And I know, I know, I'm the big goof on the show, but the truth be told, a little peek behind the curtain, we're actually moving, but. Outside of the dentist, I'm not sure there's a worse feeling in the world than moving home. That's the worst. So yeah, that's what I'll be doing this offseason. 
Yeah. Also, that's, I'm that's, trying to be a mediator between fights between stupid people on social media. So there that's you go. Awesome. Boom. That's the full time job. Casey, I'd still for? rather I'd still rather move than read. So if you need help, <laughs> on our way to Glendale. Luigi, don't you like read for a living? I, I mean, like, isn't that your literally life thing? That's part read? of the problem. It's it does suck a little bit of the joy out of like pleasure reading when you read the kind of crap that we do. Yeah, like you're over here reading contracts all day, and then you go home and you read message board posts for fun. Like you literally <laughs> read 24-7-365. He's got an admin for that. That's what, what do they call it <laughs> for the work stuff. And then I, a paralegal case. Paralegal. Yeah. No, I ain't no nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I just almost spit my water out. Yeah, so I'd usually be diving into UVA basketball season right now, but we Yikes. suck. For the first time in like 15 years, we're bad. We've lost like. Five games, like every road game, I think, and we all of our road games we lose by like twenty points. So, I I should probably do something productive like work out or read, like Joy is. But I think I'll just focus on got the Ravens. Obviously, my son's a huge Ravens fan, so I'll be watching a lot of that. And then uh, think about it, I need to up my gambling game. I think instead of doing something productive, I'll I'll focus on that. So well, there you productive. go. Yeah. There you go. I was gonna say watch the LSU women's basketball team, but then I thought you'd call me a nerd. But here we are, getting <laughs> called a nerd anyway. So, <laughs> all right, so we got a good mailbag question this week, you guys. Uh, this week's question comes from us, comes to us from a friend of the podcast at Chancy John. He sent us a treatise, basically, but I've boiled it, boiled it down to just a few sentences here. So basically, here's the situation. He asks, "We're in a snowball fight to the death," <laughs> which it's a little hmm. rough. Snowball fight to the death with our co-hosts. You have to pick a team consisting of two players from the 2023 college football season and one guest who's been on the podcast to take advantage of your co-host weaknesses and come out on top. Who are you picking? So, Casey, you want to kick it off here? John Chancey knows me well enough to know that this question has literally fried my brain. Holy <laughs> crap. So I got to take who with me? I had to ask my wife to make a spreadsheet so I understood what this question was all about. You know me. I, I want to make sure I answer the question effectively and efficiently adhering to every word. I have no idea what adhering means, but my wife said it was the right word to use in that situation. Okay, here we go. Enough. Uh, I'll give it my best effort. My two players... From this season would be Will Shipley, Clemson running back. It had to be had to go with my homer first because I'm not sure any of you have seen him play this year, but he was always yelling a lot. He was yelling either at his teammates, the officials, his own coaches. I, I think it was his way of firing everybody up. I feel like with my size, he'll take the focus off of me with his loud screens, so then I could stealthily knock each of each of you off one by one. And second, I'd go with, I'm sorry, who's, but Anthony Calandria, Calandria however you pronounce it, from you Virginia, because that dude will just launch snowballs every which direction without a care in the world. <laughs> and eventually he'd hit one of y'all, and then he'd be doing his discount double-check dance or whatever he does while all while talking trash. That kid's fun. And then finally a guest that we had on, huh? Uh, Marler makes me laugh with everything that he says, but he may not actually shut up and thus taking away my hiding places. No, so you would have to hit him with the snowball first to get him to stop speaking for longer than 22 <laughs> seconds. I, I think I'm going with Nicole Auerbach. I think she would be sneaky good at a snowball fight. 
Those people from New Jersey play dirty, and she knows her way about, around snow, having lived in the Northeast for the better part of her life and now the Midwest. So because of her upbringing around the biggest <laughs> in the country, myself included, she'd be my fourth without question. Nice. Good work. Whew, like, Casey, I never imagined you referring to yourself as stealthy. <laughs> <laughs> that was by design. Right. My wife really did help me. <laughs> Joy, who do you have? I don't know, but Casey just spoke for so long that I genuinely was like, how did you forget the question? Like, how much prep did he do? Like, I was just going to start naming names and Casey's over here telling life stories. And I just don't have the energy for that. This is your first show. Um, No, it's not my first show, but I did, you know, I I try to conveniently forget how much you talk, Casey. (laughs) (laughs) We used to be friends, too. Um, Okay, so y'all plus two players from the college world season. Okay, well, obviously I'm taking Jaden Daniels with me. I mean homeboy is going to throw a snowball and be so precise and so accurate and literally hit every single person that he wants to, that he could genuinely be the only person on my team and I would still win. Um, But I'm also going to take Caleb Williams. And the reason I'm going to take Caleb Williams is because I would have him gaslight the opponent the way he's gaslighting the Chicago bears, because he does not want to be a part of their team. Um, I would hope that he could do that same level of manipulation to our opponent and eventually just get them to surrender. That is kind of the tactic that I would take. And then if I had to pick a guest, I would probably take Mike Golick genuinely just because speaking of stealthy, I feel like my entire team could hide behind him and he could just take all of the shots while we get everything else fired off. And that just really feels like the smart thing to do as the lone female. Um, in this battle. So nice. Yeah, goal could be a good choice to have as a teammate, I'm guessing. Thanks, Hoops. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> it's very rare that it's very rare that Hoops affirms any of my decisions or choices oh. in life. So when he does, I have to th- say thank you. <laughs> All right, MVG, who are you going with? Well, we're having a snowball fight, so I'm gonna pick the strongest arm I can. So I'm gonna take Joe Milton. I mean, that guy threw an orange, like, from his knees, like, 100 yards. He would destroy you fools with a snowball. He would overthrow every single one of them. (laughs) But he'd look good doing it, though. So So my second college player would be Clifton McDowell, who's the quarterback from Montana. I figure he's used to throwing stuff in snow playing up in Montana. So he would be my second choice. And then in terms of a guest, this is a snowball fight to the death. So I need someone who I don't so I, who I think will play it out until the death, which I think is Holly Anderson. She seems like the type that's not going to go down easy. Um, that's a good call. I like that. Exactly. So I think those would be my three teammates, and I think we'd probably win. No, you're going to lose. I'm going to tell you why. Because I, I tailored mine to your specific weaknesses. You ready? <laughs> So first, I'm going with Bo Nix. He's going to take out Casey. Uh, Bo Nix completed 77% of his passes this year. Casey presents the biggest target here by surface area. So that's a no-brainer. Second <laughs> <laughs> one, I'm cheating, so maybe I get disqualified. But I'm going with a coach. I'm going with Trent Dilfer. And before the snowball fight starts, I'm telling him, this is the a- hit you in the face with a spitball. <laughs> and he seems like the kind of guy who would get ang- like an easily angered moron. So I think he would just clearly take out MBG. And then, Joy, yours is the easiest. I'm bringing Marler on because you two would just be in the corner telling each other to f- off the whole time. It wouldn't even- 
<laughs> it's so true, though. It's so true. I don't know. We've lately been on the same team. Uh, I I would sure. stir up beforehand though. So. Who's yeah. <laughs> I kind of wish That's I would have taken your lead and like maybe picked Jimbo to be on my team so that we could just pay off the other team. And not <laughs> oh yeah, I have a price. But you could attack him, like a guy on your yeah, own team. So. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So next up, we've got genius of the week. As always, each of us has got to nominate a player, coach, team, conference, someone who did something particularly dumb in the last week. We'll put it to a Twitter vote and see who wins. For our last vote, my nominee, the best pro shop naked cannonballer, won with sixty-five percent of the vote, followed by MBG's nominee, Connor the Urn Guy. Came in second with 16%. Joy's nominee, Dennis Allen, came in third with 11%. And Casey's nominee, whoever Casey picked, which <laughs> that was internet gold right there. Yeah, that was that was how it was listed on the Twitter poll. Came in fourth with eight percent. I mean, that, that's surprising. better than some of, you your, had... some of your other ones. <laughs> hey, I'm moving up. Second place. Yeah, yeah man. So I'm going to leave with 20 wins. Joy has 12. Casey has 10. Courtney has one. MBG, you're still on zero. I have a good reference this week. This Finally, a good one came up. So you're 0-43. For reference, in 2007, Navy snapped a 43-game losing streak against Notre Dame and head coach Charlie Weiss, knocking off the Irish 46-44 in triple overtime. It was Navy's first win over Notre Dame since 1963. You guys have any guesses who the quarterback was back then? 1973? 1963. I was not alive. Yeah, I wasn't either. Roger Stallback. That's how long that's how long that losing streak was. So it's not only a great example. I think Charlie Weiss is probably our second most mentioned coach after Mangino, right? So just another reason to name name check him. So once again, MBG, you're in fine company. And moving up, man. Second place. So Yeah. Maybe so this close. is the week. You got Climbing some that ladder. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Casey, this is a tough week for me. I don't know about you guys. Yeah, so, who do you have this tough. week, Casey? I told you guys last week that I've seemingly taken over for MBG with my run of terrible picks for Genius of the Week, and I'm not sure I have it this week either. I was so close last week with my whatever Casey picked on the vote, garnering <laughs> 41 votes and a distant fourth place but this week i'm going with cam ward former incarnate word and washington state quarterback who announced his commitment to the university of miami this weekend but that's not why he's my genius cam was seemingly in a bidding war with miami previous to him signing there and didn't like the offer so he decided to just up and declare for the nfl draft but when the draft grades came back that he was likely to be a late round or even an undrafted free agent, Ward went back to Miami with his tail between his legs and committed. In a day and age where it seems college athletes have all the leverage, this is one time the player gambled on himself and lost, if we can call it losing in the NIL era. But for that, Cam Ward is my genius of the week. Yeah, that was a rough couple of days, <laughs> couple of days for Cam. All right, Joy, you got um, I am going with ESPN. I don't know if y'all saw this, but they basically weren't allowed to nominate College Game Day as an honor talent show to be nominated to win an Academy Award. So instead, they made up a bunch of fake names for a bunch of 
assistant producers and nominated them and ended up winning 37 different awards, which they got home and then engraved with real people's names on them to make it look like they actually won Academy Awards that they did not win. Um, the Emmys figured it out, contacted ESPN, and ESPN straight up owned it and copped to it and basically said that it was a misguided attempt to recognize on-air individuals who were important members of their team. So the best way to do that was to lie to one of the most prestigious award shows in the entire world. So for that, um, ESPN is my genius of the week. Yeah, I like the names that they submitted it under. It was like, yeah. wasn't it some of them like the real first name and then just a random last yeah, name? like the most random things ever. Yeah. All right, MBG. All right. Sweet. I mean, I think so. Um, do you guys know what a skid steer is? No, no idea what a skid steer is. <laughs> or or a bobcat? I know what a bobcat is, yeah, absolutely. Oh, you guys ever it's drive one? one? Oh, I thought you were talking about the cats I see at the zoo. Oh no, like a little skid steer. It's like a little uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're fun to drive, right? If you've ever driven one, they're super fun to drive. So my guy, Samuel Payrot in Lincoln, Nebraska. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter, but he stole himself a skid loader. And in the Home Depot parking lot, he just started going after a police car. I don't know if you saw this. He like goes out and he rams a police car and he turns around, does like a 360 <laughs> in the skid steer. And he goes back and rams it with the, with the bucket in front, uh, rams it again. And he just keeps doing it to the... <laughs> to the police car and eventually he got arrested for stealing the skid loader and assaulting a police officer so my guy samuel payrot for stealing a skid steer and ramming a police officer in the home depot parking lot is my genius of the week mbg that's just too close that might that might win again well, i can't believe you haven't seen the video the video is awesome uh, no, I, did, I, I did include it yeah i saw it today actually it's hilarious all right, so I'm going with the Chicago Bulls fans as my collective genius of the week. Uh, over the weekend, the Bulls held a ceremony inducting a bunch of people into the Ring of Honor. Uh, one of the inductees was Jerry Krause, who was the architect of I think they're all six of their championship teams. Krause died several years ago, so his widow was there to kind of accept the honor on his behalf. For some reason, Bulls fans really hate Jerry Krause. And the fact that he's dead didn't stop them from unleashing a chorus of boos when his name was announced and when the camera panned to his widow, which was just super uncomfortable. I mean, she's in her eighties, I'm assuming, you know, super upset the whole thing. They're they're Stacy King, who I think does like play by play for the bulls just went after the fan. Steve Kerr did after the game. It was just, the whole thing was ugly. So for booing a dead guy and joining uh, Harvey Updike and Eagles fans in the pantheon of <laughs> fan behavior, Chicago bulls fans are my genius of the week. And it also, it reminded me of a few years ago, my buddies were at a UVA game and my uh, my friend Vanilla Thunder was there and he was all liquored up. And no. Yeah, it was like at halftime and the band was just coming out on the field. And apparently it was like the UVA band, but then they had some like high school bands that were doing some kind of like, I don't know, competition thing or whatever. And apparently Vanilla Thunder was standing up just drunkenly Directly screaming, band nerds at the top of his life. <laughs> his wife starts poking him and points out that the whole row of people in front of them had their phones up. They were parents of the band kids. And they were <laughs> <laughs> so there's video. 
Yeah. It's, no, it's that's awesome. Of, I'm pretty sure that was, it may have been in our 50s, uh, but if not, it was in our late 40s. So, yeah, <laughs> that was good times. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. All right. Before we move on to our next segment, we want to give a quick shout out to CFB Home for sponsoring the MBG podcast. You can find them on Twitter at CFB Home and online at fifthquarter.net. Also, we're doing a couple of cross promotions with other podcasts again this week. First is with the Sickos Committee podcast. They had a new episode drop last week featuring Michael Barker, who runs the Twitter account at CFB Campus Tour and hit up 90 college football games this year. They asked him hard-hitting questions about stadium bathrooms, ghosts, sleeping in his car, obstructive view seats, and much more. We're also doing a cross-promotion with the Slander U podcast. They had an episode drop last week as well titled Saban is Gone, where they discussed Saban's legacy and celebrated his retirement. We love both those shows, so check them out. All right, folks, we have another great guest lined up for you this week. This week's guest specializes in investigative reporting throughout college football. You can find his work, work online at Vox Media, where he contributes to the Secret Base video team. His reporting also appears in the Washington Post and in Athlon Magazine, and he's a co-host of the wildly popular Split Zone Duo podcast. Welcome to the show, Stephen Godfrey. Hi. Welcome, Stephen. <laughs> How are you? Welcome. Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks for having you here. So before we dive into the message board post, we thought we'd go around and each of us would ask you a question and just let you cook. Does that work? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go. All right. So strap in. Casey usually goes on for a while. Okay. Yeah, I apologize for that. Godfrey, we can't thank you enough for coming on with us tonight. We know you're so very busy, but we're happy we can nail you down for in a half hour or so. So thank you again. I am yeah. admittedly a recent huge fan of yours to the point where I got a Washington. Oh, I get I get Washington Post emails every fifteen minutes to my inbox because I subscribe yeah, just to read your articles. Yeah, but, but they want more from me. I've unsubscribed course, to so many yeah. marketing yeah. gimmicks. Yeah. I, I mean <laughs> campaigns, but your articles are still available to me, and I'm appreciative of that. So that's the health. That's the health of media in 2024. <laughs> Got to got to drip, you know, milk the teat for all it's worth. I guess. Yeah, I like, um, I like the visual there, Casey. I appreciate. Sorry, that. milking We're visual. Audio medium. <laughs> <laughs> so, as who said, you work with Vox. You were with SB Nation, and also have a tremendously successful, insightful, and fun show, the Split Zone Podcast with Richard Johnson, Alex Kirshner, which is really just so fun and smart. But I ha I highly recommend the show to our listeners. If they're not already subscribed, they don't send those emails to you. So just FYI. Um, yeah, we're guys, yeah. We, when we control the emails, we're not. <laughs> it's it's decent at least in the, in our frequency of annoyance. <laughs> you guys truly know the entire landscape of college football, which leads me to my question: Can you please explain yeah. to me what happened with the Jedfish situation? Like I'm a six year old, and my follow up right. is: Did you know he was a high school tennis player in in New Jersey? And his Wikipedia says he was an All-State, but having graduated around the same time as him in New Jersey and having also played okay. tennis, I think that's a lie. But it is Wikipedia, <laughs> okay. and we know that's completely vetted information. What um, part I'm, of the sorry. Jedfish saga requires the the schoolyard explanation or the sort just, of simplest explanation? Was it was it a three-minute meeting with his team? Oh, I'm. I, Without knowing for sure, that wouldn't shock me at all. No, I mean, okay. there it, there could be an anthology series of the problem is you'd have to really drill down to get the the truth, and usually you would probably go through the, the players or the, the now former players, however you want to put it. On those, uh, I've taken another job meetings if there even are meetings now. I mean, uh, in recent years, it's been a group text or or an email or Zoom. I know a lot of them happened over Zoom. 
even before COVID. So um, yeah, that's when you deliver that information, you lose the room really fast. And so they want to be done with it as very, very quickly and then get the hell out of the room and then the building. It's like firing somebody, right? You just want to get the pull off the bandaid and get out of there. As well, I mean, essentially, what you've done is fire those kids, right? Um, and so it's it's weird because you ask so much of them, or you certainly demand all these sort of levels of commitment, no matter where you are, what you're doing, and then you basically turn around and say, "I'm not going to give you that in return." Bye. And it's gotten a little <laughs> bit better with you know these guys have a little bit more agency and and they can do a little bit more stuff with their own careers. But it used to be like, hey. I made you come here and sign up and promise you the world. And now I'm leaving. So um, it's uh, it's not comfortable. The room turns really quickly. And that's why it's usually like, that's it. And I'm out. Very rarely will you have the kids actually ask questions. Most of them just shrug and move on. Thank you. Well, some are probably tweeting, you know, within seconds after it happened. So hard. Yeah, no doubt. All right, Joy, what do you have for Godfrey? Speaking of coaches that left and didn't have exit meetings, Brian Kelly, um, uh, yeah. do you actually think that he is a potential candidate to replace Harbaugh if Harbaugh leaves Michigan? I think Brian Kelly thinks he is for sure. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, one of my favorite, and I feel like I feel like there's you know statute of there's a um, there's this funny story, and it, it it doesn't date itself well, but I think it makes it funnier. Before. And then after the four and seven Notre Dame year, there was, you would, you would have the, the carousel cycle that we all go through in college and you'd have the NFL cycle. And for years we get these leaks like, Oh, Brian Kelly's getting a look or Brian Kelly's got some heat in the NFL, some traction. I think one year it was like the Packers job. Um, <laughs> and don't hold me to that because I don't work in the NFL. And I'm, I definitely like flip the switch off when it comes to, sourcing or searches or any of that kind of stuff right so um apparently this goes on for like two or two i don't know a while a couple cycles and and then i was i found out later that it was basically like brian kelly was testing brian kelly's marketability <laughs> in the nfl and no one could ever go back to a source in the in the league and be like yeah we actually had interest or we actually vetted him or there was anything serious about it and the, the part that doesn't date well, which is kind of funny now, is they were like, yeah, you know, we were kind of interested in the Catholic coach from Chicago, but it was um, Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern. And you were like, what? Like, <laughs> there was apparently one GM at, at a certain point in time that had kind of kicked the kicked the tires. I'm like, well, what would Pat Fitzgerald look like in the NFL, which is so weird now to think about. But, like, that's how invisible, apparently, the heat on Brian Kelly to the NFL was. But um, I <laughs> – I don't think the marriage is long in Baton Rouge. I also think his marriage is not long in Baton Rouge. Pardon the pun. Um, <laughs> not a pun. Um, I, I I would have a tough time with that if I was a Michigan fan, because those Notre Dame and Michigan comp in certain ways, and I wouldn't look at anything that happened in South Bend as some sort of proof positive that he could keep going. What's happened in Ann Arbor the last two years? So I would be. I would be concerned. All right. Well, I will continue to have him as my coach and stuff <laughs> for a little while. <laughs> All right. So my question is still along kind of the coaching lines uh, with the recent changes to college football. I think it's unlikely we're going to see a coach replicate what Nick Saban has done. 
But if you had to pick yeah. a coach other than Kirby Smart, who's most likely to come close, is there somebody that you would pick who's in the college football landscape right now? Hmm. When we say replicate, what kind of rubric are we are we building? Like, <laughs> right, like, yeah, I would say just the. It, I mean, it, the, the short answer is no. There's no one. It is impossible, right. and I do think that's the correct answer. Um, I think that smart is the only choice to five years from now, you say like, who, who is still using most of that Saban system at, at, at a successful championship level? I think it probably would be only smart. Um, the only other answer might be Sark because, and, and Sark's, to me, I just think there's a very different camp. There are genuine guys who went through the Nick Saban coaching tree. And then there, there's sort of like those wayward school career rehab guys. And it, it, it's nothing against one or for one or against the other. I just think they're very different designations or connotations of coaches, mainly because, you know, all of these guys had signature styles and, and, and profiles and sort of fully realized personalities in college football before, you know, they, they hit the bump or whatever and, and ended up going somewhere else. So, or, you know, and failing and then having to go to Bama. Of the of the graduates, if you will, I would say, it, 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 Sark is probably the answer that, that yeah. you're looking for, I think. Um, the reality is, you know, I, I was doing stats the other day trying to come up with something that was unique for a column for the Post. And basically, he was in the national championship one out of every 1.8 seasons that he was a head coach. <laughs> so, like, we're not going to ever see yeah. this. But... So, so you'll never have someone be able to fire out a stat line of a coach between now and 2034 and 10 years and have anything that approaches that frequency of success. Does yeah, the Saban rehab school end now that he's gone, or but he's still hanging around the program? Is that why? No, because there, there was an intensity. Like, this isn't funny. It's just true. There's an intensity to the way Nick managed that made that whole career rehab thing possible for guys to come in and really swallow their pride. I mean, you had multiple fired NFL coaches, you know, Bill O'Brien, Doug Marone. Um, there's more, I can't think of any of off the top of my head, but that would come in and like, you know, end up as analysts or position coaches. And it's, you know, he, he can't make Kalen DeBoer do that. I don't think Kalen DeBoer wants to do that. So yeah, I do think it's the end. And I, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head that would do it like that. Kirby included. I think good coaches hire ex ex head coaches now. I think that stigma is gone, but you won't you'll never see it like that again. All right, MBG, what you got? All right, well, you are here with us on the Message Board Geniuses podcast. We're talking about a lot of the sources that maybe you might have, and I'm curious mm -hmm. as if a, as to whether a message board has ever sourced material for you or any of your colleagues that you're aware of. <laughs> No, it's usually the opposite. To be totally honest with you. You know, we're usually trying to stamp something out. Like, oh God, where did this start? Um, message board Sorry. evolution has changed a lot, um, and it's weird because it's a fairly antiquated style of communication on the internet. If you think about all the things that have happened in the twenty odd years since they became really prevalent with like the Rivals Network and the Two Four Seven Network and Scalped and all that. Hmm but they really have, they have a stickiness, right? They have a cultural cachet inside all these individual communities. And you can go on something like even the independent ones, like tech sags or tiger droppings or 
uh, six pack at Mississippi State, or you know, I'm just thinking as I get kind of go across the South, or the, or the crazier ones mm-hmm. who have tried to like dox me or you know threaten me before. <laughs> um, they they really maintain, and I I, I, w- I don't know if they're thriving, but I, I know that they are some they they are they are keeping on. And the thing I love about MBJ, MBG so much is that's why I reached out. And we can talk about that in a second for our live show is that I, I you kind of know this is happening every time something catastrophic happens or just you have a rumor or you have something that may have 10% of credibility in it. I know, hey, the Auburn message board or the USC message board is freaking out. But bringing it into a, a wide open social platform where you don't need a some account to log in or something like that, and seeing yeah, okay, everyone's still like everyone is insane in all these different pockets. <laughs> um, I try not to point and laugh at it directly because that is the grist of the milf. Like that's like I pay my mortgage this way. Like like people care this much, and and I have a job because of it. So I don't want to laugh directly at them all the time, at least. It's funny. I will say this, and I feel like I'm fanning flames. A long time ago, a long time being like 10 years, more like, I would say maybe more like 15, you would have, you know, pre-NIL, pre-social media, you would, these message boards would actually be home to individuals who were privy to things happening and making them happen in certain instances, like, you know, the old bagman culture some of those people would lurk and or post and or sort of have a hand in those cultures. The problem is that's just, it's like a funhouse mirror. How many people are like, you think this guy on this message board that you read is actually plugged in and it turned, you know, he's not, it's usually the case. Um, (laughs) But that myth persists and these people, you know, it's, it's a, Again, I keep avoiding the word thriving, but it is sort of a thriving culture. It, it, it give it, if you have the right fan base, if you have a passionate enough fan base. <laughs> yep. And you said something that I had to I had to follow up on was that you you indicated that some message boards had tried to dox you. You make some enemies on the message boards. I mean, oh yeah, I could I could fill my time with like one of my more famous stories. I can't remember which. When we were writing, I, I, I made a documentary a couple of years ago that we sold to Verizon and then Verizon had it on a streaming service. The streaming service folded. They sold it back to our production company at Vox and we put it on YouTube. You can still see it. It's called Foul Play. And in that process, at some point, I'll have to tell the fast version of the story. At some point, a producer let me know that they're on one of these message boards. I, I, I can't name. And a lawyer calls me and says, hey, they, they think they have your home address. And this is when the NCAA is investigating the University of Mississippi, kind of looking into Mississippi State University. It was a bunch of Mississippi State fans who thought they had found where I live in Mississippi. Oh, no. The problem is I don't live in Mississippi. I've, I've lived in Nashville for 16 years now. Uh, it was my I'm, I'm junior. My dad is senior. Uh, oh, no. My dad, my still living father, it has my name, senior. Um, and so they, they got this in the Jackson, Mississippi area in, in a suburb of Jackson, Mississippi. And uh, I've told this story to coaches so many times. It's I have to clean it up a little bit. But um, my dad is a retired FBI agent, and his specialty was like SWAT, like um, this thing called HRT, which is hostage rescue tactics. And they would do like building breaches and raids. And long story short, like I call my I call my mom, and like the documentary was stressful as hell. 
It's really hard to put together. I have a million things I would do differently. But in the middle of it, we're also like, we're doing the doc as the thing's happening. We didn't do it after the fact. We did it as the story was breaking for months and sucked. And I, I was exhausted. I called. I was like, hey, I called home one day and I was like, mom, put dad on the phone. She's like, oh God, you know, what, what's wrong, whatever. And I was like, hey, um, look, allegedly I got a call from a lawyer and this message board like posted, like they think it's my address and it's y'all's. And like, so I have to like legally notify you all the da 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 da. And my old man is like, I have to clean up my response here, but or, or paraphrase here. But he's like, oh, you're good. You like da 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 da. He's like, he's like, like he's like, boy. Nothing would make me happier than if some redneck from a message board came up the driveway. <laughs> they wouldn't get anything back. I'd turn his ass into confetti. Da 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 da. He's just, a badass. Just yes, yes, like uh, uh, yeah, real uh, life uh, badass. Walking up the driveway to essentially like a suburban armory and not knowing it. Uh, <laughs> so like that would have his dream would have been some angry. SEC message border thinking they were going to come like <laughs> scare somebody or like light a bag of like dog crap or whatever. Like that would have been his dream. So um, would be an home invasion by an angry sports fan. Um, but like nothing, no, obviously like nothing happened. And we kind of laugh about it now, but um, yeah, it's, I, that's why I like, I still have a love for these cultures. Like I still follow mm -hmm. what you guys do and I still think it's hilarious, but like it can you know, yeah, it can get scary sometimes for sure. I've had people on message boards like tell stories that when they were like, oh, I saw him in real life and talked to him. And I'm like, you know, did that happen? Or, right. you know, it's it can be weird sometimes. Yeah, that's I mean, the passion that surrounds it is fairly unique. I mean, I, I, I don't know if you saw before Christmas, but there were the Oklahoma fans who had gone to the the. Uh, website or left Google reviews for the parent of a player who had left Oklahoma to go to Missouri. I don't know if you saw that. Oh yeah. Dad would, yeah. I mean, just try to destroy his business just, you know, because, of, because his kid transferred. So I think, yeah, passion... I think there was, there was like a naivete about, Oh, this is going to stop in the portal era or this is going to stop mm -hmm. in NIL. Like, no, nah, there's no reason for any of that to happen. Like it, it, it will certainly either persist or maintain or get worse. Um, the more, socially exposed these kids and their families get so yeah that that's the downside i and and it's like anything else it's like there's no such thing as ethical consumption or whatever but um the fun part is still like i heard a guy whose uncles barbers preachers therapists <laughs> you know massage therapist said x and i i like i do genuinely love those and i do genuinely love y'all's <laughs> account in the wake of a news item because now some of them, I think they might actually be leaning into y'all now. Do you yeah. worry about the meta of this happening? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's the case. Sometimes I do my best to try to vet it. I'll kind of look at the poster's history if I can. Right. Some of them I think are, I, I understand they're probably sarcastic, but I'll, but they're still funny nonetheless. So I'll post yeah. them. I mean, I do my best to vet, but obviously I'm never going to be, be perfect about it. And, you know, this first post that I had, uh, to to read to you, I actually took quite a bit of flack on him. That was on the the Nick Saban retirement. There was a post on an Auburn board on the morning that Saban announced his retirement. So this would have been on the tenth. It was posted at like eleven oh eight a.m. Mm -hmm. and and he says Saban rumor rumor is that Saban has called a mandatory team meeting this afternoon. Yeah, at four. Could it be? 
possible retirement announcement. Is anyone else hearing this? So, you know, this guy obviously had it beforehand. There's so, truth to uh, that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It wasn't so I four. Post, yeah. Yeah. He had um, it, boom, right on the button. <laughs> it wasn't four. It was a routine meeting, though. I will say that. It was, in other words, it wasn't out of the ordinary. You know, the story's been told a couple different ways in the media now. And I, I got a phone call about three or four hours after it all hit, talking to someone who had been in, in Tuscaloosa that day. And they had created a totally normal day up until the point where he was like, all right, this is going to be it. This is what we're doing. And then we're going to go into this four o'clock meeting and announce it. I heard the rumor as early as two and probably two and a half weeks before. But we've talked about this on Split Zone Duo. This is not a new rumor. This is something that, you know, we heard legitimately as early as 19 oh, wow. and that's a long time for i mean you know that, that goes in the wash richard johnson who's at si one of my co-hosts we we do a special episode really starts in like october and runs still through february where we just focus on coaching news on our Substack, and we have a little asterisk kind of thing at the bottom like a footer of like oh yeah and nick saban's retiring and so it became <laughs> so commonplace that I, I mean, I would see these kind of posts or I would see these kind of tweets and like, you know, I had someone say that to us at our Houston live show. We did, you know, the Saturday night before the, the title game. And so however many days that was before the actual news broke. Um, and my response is always like, yeah, maybe like, yeah, I, I, I we, we actually hit, we felt good because we hit on it in the show in August of like this we don't know when it's going to happen. It might be this year. It might not, but the, if it does, and then, you know, Richard kind of outlined like, it's not going to be a Mike Krzyzewski farewell tour. It's going to happen fast and clean one day. And then he's going to be kind of off into the sunset. And so that's basically what's happened. I, I'm still a little dubious about this whole executive office. I'm still going to be in the building thing. I, I You can't be half a gangster. And I don't think that like that's going to work. But it doesn't we'll work see. out well. Usually. Yeah, no, no, we'll see. So, I mean, I guess one of my other questions too would be, in terms of DeBoer, whether or not he was a first choice and who else um, was being considered. I mean, I had always thought, okay, it's probably going to be Sark or Kiffin would be A and B. Um, well, you sent me it, this post that is, again, it was funny because you sent me these, these a group of posts uh -huh. here. Uh -huh. And there's one about, you know, from SEC rant, Alabama will not hire Kiffin. He singly likes to play in the sandbox. It would only be a big media feast on him. Uh, his – his they, are they actually trying to say a side ass like yeah is that a money <laughs> reference or like a, a reference to a sex life or i think it's i think it's the latter is my guess okay <laughs> so this is not wrong this is not yeah. wrong what i had i we we would have people ask me this a lot and i you know i, I talked to a lot of coaching agents and when this subject always came up i i what i would always say back to them because i'm an alumnus of old miss is do you think alabama coming off of this, coming off of this standard is going to put up with some guy doing like cryptic photos on Twitter when he's <laughs> actually just like, when he's actually just goofing off in his house in the Florida, like the Keys or Miami or wherever it is. Like, no. Um, does he have the offensive acumen and the ability to run a good program? Yeah. I mean, we've seen that. Is it an Alabama standard? No. Um, Sark, you know, Sark was one that got in the lottery. Like, look, you know, we got a couple guys paid this week, right? Like, they should send they should send a note to Nick. <laughs> Sark got a better deal. Norvell got a better deal. Landing, like, you know, these guys did well for themselves. So, um, DeBoer signed with CAA and Jimmy Sexton about a year ago. Um, 
isn't that magical, right? Isn't that magical timing, y'all? So, <laughs> wow, wow. Amazing that how happens. that happens. The devil yeah, works hard, but Jimmy Sexton works harder. That's right. That's right. And and he kind of had that vetted. Now there there are elements of serendipity that you don't plan, and I don't. You know, it's not like Sexton. Look, I mean, most people were picking against Washington going into the Pac-12 championship game, so it's like. It's not like you could sit here and say, yeah, Sexton knew that this is going to be the, the coach of the runner-up team in the national championship. But if not him, he I think there would have been others. I think it's interesting, but, like, th- th- this kind of gets off into a bigger news item. But, like, Sexton's not quite as powerful anymore. Both, one, losing Nick, but, two, he's also lost a whole sort of parcel of clients um, because his, his agent underneath him, who worked for him for years, went to WME and took a lot of guys with him. So Dan Lanning is one of those guys. And yet he can still do this, right? He can still, he can still deliver a situation like this where he basically boxed out every other agency, boxed out anyone else and had this done with, with Alabama. So there was also, there was also another post I sent you and there's actually been three or four separate posts where Alabama fans are clamoring for perhaps Nick Saban to stay on as the defensive coordinator. I noticed they haven't hired one yet. Mm. <laughs> what are the chances that Seems Nick legit. Saban just yeah, – that's, 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 that's what you want, guys. That's what you want. You want the guy who ran the most successful program in history like a self-professed tyrant to then take a subordinate role to a new guy from South Dakota who's never been there. That'll What's work. That's the problem. No it's one like, has ever worked in any professional dynamic would ever – yeah, that's that's a totally sound logic, guys. Like the Rutgers post we had where the guy – somebody wanted to bring in Bill Belichick as an analyst on the Rutgers staff. Right? Like, yeah, oh, my God. Yeah, um, again, going back like, – like we can sit here and laugh about the, the sort of insanity of that scenario, but it goes back to like Nick himself. And the ability to bring all those fired coaches in and like sort of bring them to heel and make them sort of commit to his system. There's like one person that did that in college football and it was him. The idea of him taking orders from a guy who just took his job, like, no, like, good God. My favorite uh, quote tweet of this, somebody quote tweeted, it said, now you got to bring bring them along more slowly. Make maybe make them linebackers coach. Like yeah, that's that's the right vein, right? It get, I mean, like the lower it gets, the funnier it gets because right, exactly. his mind, you know. <laughs> All right, last uh, close out with one one last post uh, from a okay. Florida State poster, um, talking a little bit about the well, not talking a little bit specifically talking about the sanctions that were levied against Florida State, and he says. Uh, if Georgia wants to snitch, so Kirby wants to snitch on us because we're that much of a threat to him. It's time people mm-hmm. did some digging into Bolden's dad and what went on towards the end of that recruitment because we all know that was definitely not clean. It's also time Mike fought back against these fools and started playing offense. He obviously has said no to the Bama job, and that's not and that's not only pissed off Bama, who practically runs the NCAA, but also has made Kirby livid to where he's turned into a little a tattletale because he can't out-recruit Mike in his own state. Okay. Up so- until the last couple sentences, <laughs> this has more legitimacy than you might think. Really? Oh, yeah? The tattletale out-recruit in his own state. Also, why would Mike turning down Bama make Kirby mad? Right. That's, See, that's, that's what got me. This is what's so quintessential message board is you take a fact and you, inadv- and maybe in this case, this guy's doing it inadvertently. You put it, you put a bunch of lies or sort of emotional truths next to it. 
And this is where you get into the insanity that is y'all's sort of, this is y'all's raison d'etre. Right? Like, <laughs> it was a case of snitching. It was in Georgia. Anyone who follows recruiting knows what school it is. And it's not that hard to figure out. Okay. If you follow recruiting at a high level and you think about who would not want Florida State to be successful, okay, and you think about who's pious and who goes and visits Indianapolis, literally goes and visits the NCAA on like goodwill missions, it wasn't Georgia, y'all. So <laughs> I, when you sent me this one, I was like, oh, interesting. Okay, okay. My bet is that that Noel lives in Georgia. And is tired of Georgia fans. And what people do is they project their own personal frustration on teams. <laughs> and it's funny because, like, you can't really do this in any other sport or world. Like, you know, you can't do it in pro leagues. Like, I, I'm an Atlanta sports fan, and you can't you can't be like, you know, what those Carolina Panthers are doing. Like, it doesn't work. It doesn't. It, doesn't, <laughs> like, it just doesn't. <laughs> But you can take your pain and you can take your frustration because of all the social implications of, I don't want to hear this guy on the golf course or church or whatever the hell it is. Um, and turn it into a conspiracy. And so, but what's weird is he's probably more right than he would ever admit or know that he is. This is a thing that he's heard, or it's a theory on their message board. And again, it's rooted in truth. And then he extrapolates. I still don't understand how, Mike Norvell turning down Bama would incense Kirby. Like that's where he gets so stupid. Where I'm like, okay, never mind. Like I shouldn't, I shouldn't give this validity in the first place. FSU got whomped in a way that no one else did. Period. Full stop. For something that is more ubiquitous than the Connor Stallion stuff. Yeah. So what Alex Atkins, the OC, did. And the direct contact and setting people up, it, it's as simple as, hey, let me walk you down the hall and sort of introduce you to this element of the process. And almost the way when it was described to me, I was like, wait, that is that a violation technically? And then like you have to go through and parse it. And by the way, in a couple of years, it probably won't be. Maybe maybe right. sooner than that, with the amount of revision that's going on in the, in the, the convention that happened this week, the NCAA convention in Phoenix and this was this was bad this was stupid um it sucked it's weird because fsu just in terms of message board culture not the fan base that you root for right like they've been going through it too painfully unlikable fan base and yet there's really like there's at least in terms of the internet sort of presence right like F or fsu twitter as we right. used to call it in the in the um banner society days and we had an FSU grad on staff and Bud Elliott, who has, you know, he's the expert in this stuff. <laughs> but they had a really sympathetic cause, right? Like the, you know, being excised from the playoff the way they did. I think honestly, like the way they got embarrassed against Georgia, and it wasn't really like I, you know, you can't really blame them, and and on and on. And now the NCAA stuff, it's it, it's weird because you do feel sympathetic to them. But they're all oh, terrible wow. to deal with. Like I just, I really want, I really want to end up like horrible fan base to have to deal with. But like, I do kind of feel you guys. You guys have had a rough one. Yeah, yeah, they've had a rough go for sure. Well, Stephen, we appreciate you being on. It was great to have your expertise uh, here yeah. on the show. We needed some expertise. It's been a while. Oh, I tell you what. Yeah, give me a shout. I, I'd love to come back. Um, 
it's funny because you you try and purge social media at the end of these cycles where you just kind of refresh and spend some time with family and all that and like I do love a fresh, insane theory. It just, I, I do love a good, I'm so convinced of this. Like, and, and I tell people this all the time, especially like at the Washington Post, anything you see happening in American politics happened in college football 20 years before. We are unfortunately the harbinger of what's to come. So the country is doomed. Thank you. <laughs> well, if you want to tell everybody where they can find you. Um... Uh, yeah. Splitzoneduo.com for the podcast, washingtonpost.com slash SZD, uh, which was the old sign-up code, but I'm only writing through mainly football season. I'll be there kind of here and there in the offseason, and then like it's it's a regular column during football season. Um, Splitzone Duo is the big one at 38 Godfrey and all the social media channels. So, again, thank you all. And, by the way, thank you all for, for coming up with that stuff uh, for yeah. our live show in Houston. That segment in the room killed. Like <laughs> – like when I got the conceit of the uh, of what we were about to do out, and for those of you who are listening, you don't know what I'm talking about. I got in contact with Message Board Geniuses, and I said, "We're running a trivia contest live at this live podcast. It's going to be during the national title game, and I'm going to flip the I'm going to flip the rules on Michigan fans who are playing. And instead of answering <laughs> trivia about the other team, it was." Did this come from a Michigan? Did did what about the following statement come from a Mich- Michigan message board or a defendant in the January six trial? And just that <laughs> description, and you can hear it. It's on. It's on our feed right now. Yeah. I was listening and to I it. Sold it like yeah, I sold it awesome. straight. I sold it straight, and <laughs> like the house just died. Like it, it was amazing, and then, and and y'all did such a good job that. They could tell it was a bit, and that obviously they were all. By the way, the, the joke, and I'll spoil it now, is like they're all Michigan folks, <laughs> but they increasingly sound more and more like yeah. some insane Jan Sixer. And so it, like the it, the bit, even I had Michigan fans walking up to me after the show, and we were like, "That was awesome, thank you so much." Like, and, and so I appreciate y'all as a wealth of um of insanity that we can call. We'll have to do that for future live shows. We'll have to find another one. Yep, anytime. It's all anytime. MBG. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, All thank right. Thanks so much. You guys. Appreciate thank you. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thanks, Stephen. All right. That'll do it for this week's episode, the MBG Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. You can check out more content at messageboardgeniuses.com. And we'll see you next time, losers. Uh-huh.